Hey, this is Ken Finnan from Capital Advantage Tutoring, and it's my job to get you past the SIE. So we're going through the book, 1 through 20, I think it is. I've already gone through 11 of them. I'm on to number 12. So this is orders and trading strategies. That's what we're going to get to. Orders, order types, trading strategies. Okay, so sometimes they're going to ask you about the capacity of the broker-dealer or the agent or whatever it is. And you're going to hear like broker, agent, dealer, principal, markup, market maker, all that stuff. So let's clear that shit up. So if you're acting in an agent capacity, you're acting as a broker and you charge a commission, that means you're like a middleman. You're not actually using your own money. When I say you, I mean the broker dealer. So let's clean it up. The broker dealer or agent is not acting in their own. They're not using their own money or inventory or positions or anything. They're actually just putting two people together. Joe wants to buy stock. Mary wants to sell it. They put it together and then they charge a commission. Kind of like when a realtor buys a house, gets a house for you. They don't buy the house. They just find it for you. And then you buy it from the customer and they you pay them a commission. So that's where we are. So an agent is just a middleman, a middlewoman, whatever you want to call it, in between the two people. So remember, ABC, agent, act as a broker, charges a commission. ABC, agent, broker, commission. I like it. Okay. The other side of this is being a dealer. A dealer or a principal, you charge markups and markdown. This is a little different. Mary wants to sell stock. And what she's going to do is she's going to sell it to me. I am going to buy it. I'm the broker dealer. Schwab is going to buy it from Mary. So if Mary wants it, oh my God, what the fuck? Okay. So dealers and principals, it's where the broker dealer is using their own inventory or money to do this. Okay. Well, what the fuck just happened? Okay. So the other one is a dealer or a principal. A dealer or a principal is when the broker-dealer uses their own inventory, okay? They use their own inventory, money, whatever you want to call it. So if you're a market maker, you're acting as a dealer or a principal. So if a broker-dealer is acting as a market maker, they're acting as a dealer or a principal. What that means is if Bobby wants to buy stock and it's trading at $20, Schwab, acting as a principal, will sell it to them out of their own inventory at 20 bucks and charge like a 25 cent markup. So Bobby will pay $20.25. That'll be disclosed that you bought, that he bought it at 20. And then we, we the broker dealer, charge them a 25 cent markup. So he paid 20.25. So we're selling it to out, of my, out of our own inventory. If Mary wants to sell stock at 20, I, as the broker dealer acting as a principal, will buy it from her at 20, but I'll charge a little markdown. She'll only get 19.75 because it's being bought at 20 minus a markdown. So if a customer is buying, they get charged a markup because we're marking it up. If a seller is selling, then we're going to charge a markdown because we're going to buy it from them and we take a little commission. So instead of paying them 20, we pay them 19.75 and that 25 cents is our markdown. That shit has to be disclosed. Remember, ABC, agent, broker, commission, boom, principal, dealer, markup, PDM, principal, dealer, markup. Okay. So FINRA has a guideline called the 5% markup markdown guideline, but it really is for markup markdowns commission. It's for basically listed and unlisted securities. So other than exempt securities. So FINRA has a guideline. It's not a rule. You can't charge more than 5%. Now you technically can, but you better have a damn good reason. So if you're going to charge a 5% markup or markdown, you better have a good reason. So in reality, if you buy 10, if your customer buys $10,000 worth of stock, then you can only charge them as a broker dealer agent 500 bucks at max.
most places don't charge that much. It's just, that's the max. Now, if you want to charge more than that, since it's a guideline, you can, if you have a reason, like say it was hard to find or it took them two weeks or you're offering other services. So like if it's a type of security, basically how liquid it is. If it took me two weeks to find the shares, I can charge you more. If the price is high or low, it may affect whether I can, um, whether I can charge more or not. Like if I buy a 20 cent stock for you and I charge you 5%, that's going to be like a lot, a lot. Okay. I mean, we're talking about one and a half cents. So maybe what I'll do, I don't know if I do the math on that. Um, what I'm going to do is probably charge you maybe 10%. I can do that as long as it's like consistent and I'm not ripping anyone off. So again, the commission markup, markdown guideline of 5% is you take the total value and you multiply it times 5% and that should be about what it is. If you're doing normal commissions, you don't have to disclose it ahead of time, but it does have to be disclosed on the commission. But if you do an extraordinary, like a larger commission, that doesn't mean it's illegal, it just means it's larger, you have to disclose it, but you better have a damn good reason for doing it. Now, everyone has a problem with this one. So a proceeds transaction, a proceeds transaction is not a cross, it's like, Bobby calls up the broker-dealer. Bobby's getting a lot busy lately. Bobby calls up the broker-dealer and says, I want to sell $5,000 worth of IBM and buy $5,000 worth of Tesla. So what's going to happen is as you're selling the shares of IBM, you're going to use that to buy the shares of Tesla. That's a proceeds transaction. You're using the proceeds of the sale to pay for the um, stock. And remember, this is not front-running. Not front-running. This is not free-riding because the shares have already been paid for it, presumably. Okay, now the 5% guideline applies as such. I'm selling five grand, I'm buying five grand. So technically my, it's a $5,000 number. So my markup markdown is gonna be based to determine if I charge too much. They're gonna divide what I got, what I charged, you know, $1,000, whatever it is, divided by the $5,000. So if I sell five grand, of stock to buy 5,000, they're gonna use five grand as my number. And I'm gonna compare my markup markdown to that 5,000. If that's more than 5%, I might be in trouble. Okay, so a proceeds transaction, a, sell, a, sell, a customer sells shares, uses that money to buy new ones. The markup markdown is based on basically the combined trade of $5,000. That's how you decide if it's too much or not. Good, okay. Um, couple things, the 5% guideline, does not apply to anything with a prospectus or exempt securities. So if you have a prospectus, which means it's a mutual fund, which has an eight and a half percent sales charge or a prospectus or a new, a new issue or a limited partnership, they have prospect, anything that's being issued with a prospectus is exempt. Discretion is when the customer gives you power of attorney over their account. So what happens is they're letting you do trades. Now, if I call you up and say, listen, buy a thousand shares at the market, just do a good job. I'm not giving you discretion. I'm saying buy it and I'm letting you work the price and try to get a better price. That's not discretion. That's just time and price you're choosing. If you as the rep are choosing anything more than time and price, so time and price, you can choose time and price only. I've only said that 30 times now. Um, that's fine. You don't need discretion. Anything more than that. So if you're going to choose the buyer, the sell, the amount, or the security, you need power of attorney slash discretion. If you have discretion, you can choose any one of those things. So if I call you up as the agent and say, listen, buy a thousand shares of a tech stock. I don't know which one. You need discretion because I didn't give you the three. I have to give you the buy and a sell or a sell. I have to give you the amount, the number of shares, and I have to give you the security. Those three have to be provided 
or you need discretion. If you have discretion, then you don't need it. There's full and limited, full discretion. You can do any suitable trade, plus pay bills and move money around, stuff like that. Limited discretion, there's limiting. So it can go all the way down to just trades, where a limited discretion means you can only do suitable trades for your customer. Now, let me bring that up for a second. Can you do an unsuitable trade for a, trend, for a customer? The answer normally is no. But if the customer calls you up and insists on it, then you have to do it. So if a customer calls you up and says, hey, I want to buy a thousand shares of international buggy whips, and you go, what, you moron? You have to do it. You can try to convince them not to, but you have to do it. Okay, back to this. Every order in a discretionary account is held to a heightened supervision. That means the principal is going to approve each transaction after the fact, not before. At the end of the day, promptly, at the end of the day, the principal goes through all the discretion, compares it to their suitability statement versus what they did, and they compare. And if it's off, they'll bring the rep in and ask a problem, ask what's going on. Um, if there's something wrong and they think it's bad, they'll take it out of the customer's account and put it in the error account with the, with the registered rep's name on it. Now, every order in a discretionary account has to be marked either discretion exercised or discretion not exercised. So if I call you up and say, if I have a discretionary account and I call up and say, hey, Bobby, um, I think you should buy a thousand shares of IBM here. And you go, yeah, sure, that works. That's not, I'm not using discretion because I'm soliciting an order from you. So I would mark it discretion not exercised. Conversely, if Bobby called me up and said, buy a thousand shares of IBM, just work it. Even if it's in a discretion account, I would mark it discretion not exercised or even put unsolicited so that they know that I didn't use my discretion. If I, as the rep, chose anything more than the time of the trade and the price, I need power of attorney, which means you mark it discretion exercise, and it's going to be reviewed by a principal. Also, if you mark an order unsolicited, the registered representative has a principal. Every principal, supervisor, stuff like that, can actually ask the customer to sign a statement saying it was un, what do you call it? Was un solicited okay now types of transactions so we have we have a purchase which is buy that's easy i'm buying the shares we have a long sale which means i'm selling shares i own then we have a short sale which i talked about so i'll put up here did i do it right i don't know if i did i'll put up here what is a short sale boom what the heck is selling short put it right there 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 okay now a buy is just a buy call up buy shares you're increasing your position a long sale is selling something you own. There's no restrictions or anything on it. If you own it, you can sell it. If you receive a sale and a customer says, hey, I want to sell stock, you have to say, are you long or short? Because if it's short, you need to get a borrow, which again, I talked about. So if you are short, if you're selling short, you're borrowing shares, selling them, and then hopefully buying them back lower. But really, you have to get a borrow or a locate. because You can't just sell short and go, hey, I'm, I'm good. You actually have to say, I'm selling short. And these are the people I borrowed. This is the broker, the account or the broker dealer I borrowed it from. If you can't do that, then the broker dealer will have to borrow it for you. And if they can't get a borrow, they can't do the trade. Okay. Okay. Covered and uncovered options, writers. So if you, if, uh, so if you sell an option, it's either covered or uncovered because both covered and uncovered both mean selling an option. If it's covered, you have a stock position alongside of it. If it's uncovered, it's naked, right? If you're naked, you're uncovered, right? Okay. So that works. So uncovered is risky. Covered is usually not as risky. Okay. Types of orders. The most common one, market order. That's just buy a thousand shares at the market, whatever the best price is, just buy it. It's 
execution is guaranteed pretty much. There's issues, there's instances where it wouldn't be if there's not enough shares trading, but market price, market orders are just buy the thing. I don't care about price. It's like when you go to the store with mom or dad's credit card, you're not really worried about price so much. You just need what you have to get. So that's a market order, just buy or sell it. And I don't care about price, just do it. Limit orders are when you go into and you go want to buy a stock and you say, oh, I want to buy stock at 50 or buy it at 40 or 30 or sell it. You're setting a price. So if I say buy 100 shares at 50, I am saying I'm willing to buy it at $50 or better. So whenever you see a limit, think it's or better. So if it's a buy, you want to buy at 50 or better, which means lower. So if I'm willing to buy stock at 50 and the stock is trading at 51, I'm not buying any. But if it's trading at 49 or 48 or 50, I will buy it. The thing about limit orders is execution is not guaranteed because there's no guarantee the thing will trade at, trade at your price. I don't know. Maybe I have a stroke. I can't speak. So market order, that would be a great video to have on here, watching me stroke out. Okay. So now, with the weight I'm at, I wouldn't doubt it. So a market order, execution is guaranteed because you don't care about price. A limit order, you do care about price, so you will only buy it at your price or better. Like if you go, look, I have a budget of $50 for boots and you walk in there and the boots are 60 bucks, you're not buying them. But if they're 50 or 49 or 48, you're buying them within your budget. So a limit order is if you buy, if you say buy 100 shares at 50, I'm willing to buy it at 50 or below. If you say, oh, I want to sell 100 shares at 60, I'm willing to sell it at 60 or higher. Ah, so let's think about this. Buy limits are placed below the market. Sell limits are placed above. We'll come back to that. Now, Let's keep rolling. Okay. Now there's a thing called the stop loss order. Okay. So a stop loss order is kind of a contingent order. It only executes or triggers when, um, when something is going wrong or when it hits a certain price. So if you're, if you're a long stock, say you own 100 shares at 50 or say you own 1,000 shares at 50 and you're afraid it's going to go down, buy a put. That's what you would normally do. But in this case, um, you place a sell stop. So I would say, listen, I own the stock at 50. I'm afraid it's going to go down below 45 and then it'll keep going. So I'll place an order to sell 100 shares at 45 stop. So I'll sell 100 shares at 45 stop. Stock's trading at 50. I say place an order. Let's see if I can do this. Let's see if I can do this. I have a weird. Sorry if this doesn't come through on the podcast, what I'm typing in. But if you go to check out my YouTube channel under order types, you'll find it. Thanks a lot. Mouse today, but... So let's say you own. Say you're long, which means you own 100 shares. Of course, I can't spell and I'm doing this weird. Okay. At 50 bucks. So you're long 100 shares at 50. I'm that baby up. Now you're afraid it's going to go down. So what you're going to do is you're going to place an order down here. You say, while I'm gone, I want to sell 100, whatever the stock is at 45 stop, okay? That says as long as a stock is trading above 45, no one even knows the order's there. It's hidden, hidden, hidden. But once the stock trades at 45, it's gonna trigger and then sell on the next trade no matter what. So in this situation, if you see the stock trading at 46 and then 45.50 and then 45 and a quarter, no one knows the order's there. But once it trades at 45 or below, that's the trigger. Remember, it has to be a trigger than a trade. So you have to see it trade at a price at 45 or lower, 
and then the next trade, no matter what. I don't care if it's a dollar or 50, get that in your head. A sell stop, sell 100 shares at 45 stop. Once a stock trades at 45, it will sell the next price, no matter what the price is, whether it's a penny, $10 or 100 bucks, it will not change. It will absolutely execute, okay? Now, the other thing to this is what they could say is, they can make it a sell stop limit. It just makes great sense, okay. So now, so if we make a sell 100 says at 45 stop limit, it's really the same thing, except for I'm not willing to sell it at any price. So really stop and stop limits, they have a trigger and then what happens after is the difference. So they both have a trigger, same thing. So I am long 100 says at 50, stock, stock trades at 45, it triggers, and now it's at a limit, I will not sell it below 45. So if the stock goes, trades at 45, and then it trades at 43, and then 42, 40, 39, I don't sell anything because I put a limit on it. Now, if it trades at 45, and then it trades at 44, and then bump at 45 again, then I will sell it because it's at my limit. Does that make sense? I hope it does. So if you do a sell stop, it becomes a market order once it's triggered. If you do a sell stop limit, it becomes a limit order once it's triggered. Now, the other side of this, so the other side of this is a racist baby. It's a weird using my couch as a mouse thing, but whatever. Okay, so now let's say you're short, which means you want it to go down. Short 100, I'll be a little better this time. IBM at 50. You're short it, you want the stock to go down. You really do, you want it to go down. So, but you're afraid it's gonna go up. What would I do? I would buy a call, better just have no risk, but I'm not gonna do that. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna say, listen, I shorted at 50, I'm hoping it goes zero. Could be wrong, happens once in a while. So I'm gonna place a buy 100 IBM at 55 stop. So I'm placing that above the market. So as long as a stock is below 55, no one knows the orders there except for you, the rep and the system. That's it, same on all the stops. Stops are hidden until, until it's triggered. So if I sell short 100 shares at 50, and then I place a buy 100 at 55 stop, as long as the stock's at 54.99 or lower, no one knows it's there. Once a stock trades at 55, it triggers, and I will buy it at the next price, whether it's at a million, at 60, or at a dollar. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be higher or lower. It just has to get up to that price to trigger. And that what that's supposed to do is stop your losing. So if you short stock at 50 and it goes up five bucks, you're losing money, and it just get out of the position and just buy it and cover, Okay. So if they do the same thing, but let's add in a stop limit. Hope I'm not a totally blowing this. Okay, so we put a buy 100 shares at 55 stop limit. That means if it triggers at 55, once it triggers at 55, then the next price it will buy it as long as it's 55 or less. Because when a stop limit gets triggered, it becomes a limit order. When a regular stop order gets triggered, it becomes a market order. So a stop buy stop limit will only will trigger at the same price as the stop, but it will not pay over a certain price. Hope that helps a little bit. Okay. So now, one quick thing, a little jo memory jogger. Remember the slobs. Over, I put a little line there. Just make it clean, as clean as I can. Green. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. And I put B L S S. So that tells you where, according to the market, you place the order. Slobs over bliss. So you place sell limits and buy stops over. You place buy limits and sell stops over the market price. Oh my God, okay. 
So slobs over bliss. So this is what I got here. So slobs over bliss. This is how I do it. So you place sell limits and buy stops above the market. Think of the line as the market or the less sale. And you place buy limits and sell stops below the market. So sell limits and buy stops are above. Buy limits and sell stops are placed below the less sale or the market. And remember, stops protect, limits don't. Stops protect, limits don't. Wonderbar. Now let's talk about different types of orders. There's qualifiers. Normally an order, if you receive an order, it's considered a day order, which means it'll be executed, hopefully between 9.30 and four. Once four o'clock comes happen, if it's not executed, boom, it cancels. So a day order is a default order, which means if I call you up and say buy a thousand shares of IBM at 40, it is going to ex it's going to expire at 4 p.m. if it's not exercised, exercised, if it's not executed, okay? Good till cancel orders or, or slang is an open order. It's good till I cancel it. It's basically, it's a, um, it's good until I actually cancel it. So there's, there's days, like I think it's May and November where they check it. They check it to make sure it's real good. But what happens is I place a good to cancel order. I want it out there. It'll execute anytime between 9.30 and 4 until I actually cancel it. Okay, good. Now, if a customer calls you up and says, I want a good till month, good till week or something like that, that's not really a legal order to be placed into the system. But what happens is you will place it. You will place the order as a good for a month. And then you as, as the broker dealer will have to remember to cancel it. So if I call you up and say, hey, hey, Johnny, whatever it is, can you place an order? I want to buy 1,000 shares at 42, good for 30 days. That's fine. You can place it as a GTC order. And then you have to remember as the broker dealer or the agent to cancel it after 30 days because the system cannot handle that. Thanks for joining in and listening to order types from Capital Vantage Tutoring. Happy New Year. Please, if you like what I'm doing, share it out. Tell the people, let's get this podcast going. We can help as many people as possible. Thank you. Have a great day.
Hey, this is Ken Finnett at Capital Advantage Tutoring, and it's my job to get you past the licensing exam. Series 6 exam, Series 7, the SIE, all this uh, 60, 63, 65, 66. And if you like what I'm doing, please let other people know. I'm trying to drop some gold here, and it's going to be good. So, a lot of people have problems with order types, so slobs over bliss and stuff like that, and some people think it doesn't help. It does help. I promise you. So, let's get going. So let's say you want 100 shares at 50, and what do you want to happen? We want it to rise. What you're afraid it's going to happen, it's going to go, you're afraid it's going to go down, and we'll get to that. So we want it to go up, we want to take some profit. So what we'll do is we'll say, listen, you know what? And at 50, I'd probably sell it at 60, so let's do that. So sell 100 IBM at 60 bucks. Sell 100 at 60, we'll put a little SL just to remind me what, it, what I'm doing here. And to place it above the market, I'm trying to take a profit. That means I'm willing to sell it at $60 or higher. Once it trades at 60, I'm selling it. There's no trigger, no election, no second trade. Boom. I'm willing to sell it at 60. Just like if you go somewhere and you go, look, I want to sell my phone. And you say, I'm willing to sell it for 300 bucks. That's the price you're setting. You're not going to sell it for 298, not 290, 300 or higher. So I'm placing a sell 100 shares of IBM at 60 as a sell limit, okay? I'm saying I'm willing to sell it at 60 or better or, or higher. Either one, same thing. So sell limits are to take profits in this case, but let's try another thing. So what am I afraid is gonna happen? I'm actually afraid it's gonna go down. I'm afraid the price is gonna drop. So I want to make sure that I don't like stop the bleeding. So I look at this price, I do my little charts and patterns. I see a support level, maybe at like 46 and I go, okay, if it gets below 45, I want out. I want it gets down to 45, it's low enough to stop the bleeding, get out. I've done enough. If it's above 45, stay. I think it's still going to go up. So let's do. So you'll call me up and say, Ken, do me a favor. If it gets down to 45, just sell it. Sure. So I will sell below the market. So 100 shares, IBM, 45, stop. That means as long as it's trading at 45 or above 45, no one even knows the order is there. It is absolutely hidden. No one knows it's there. But once a stock trades at 45, it's going to trigger or elect and then sell on the next trade no matter what. It becomes a market order. So let's do this. So let's do a little tape. So let's say stock trades at 46, nothing. No one knows it's there. Truck trades at 45 and a quarter, still nothing. Let's say it trades at 45. Boom, it triggers. Now the order becomes a live order and it becomes a sell at the market. So whatever the next price is, it's going to trade at, boom. So it's going to trade at 44. Let's say the next trade is 45. I don't care right now. So it goes, here's, let's do this again. I own stock at 50. I think it's going to drop down. So I'm afraid it's going to go too low. So I want to stop the bleeding. I want to protect myself a little bit. So I will set a sell limit, a sell stop at 45. I would say sell 100 shares at 45 stop. That means that if the stock trades at 45, it becomes a market order and I sell it on the next trade no matter what. So here we go. 46, nothing. 45 and a quarter, nothing. 45, boom, it triggers. And then the next trade, that could be 44, it could be one, it could be 80, whatever the next trade is. Now, some people don't want to take the risk that it could go down to two the next trade. 
So they'll make it a stop limit, which is really the same thing, except for instead of becoming a market order, it becomes a limit order. So if I did a 45 stop limit, 45, 46, 45 and a quarter, boom, it triggers here. But now it's a limit order, which means I'll sell it at 45 or higher. So I will not sell it at 44. I'll sell it at the next time it trades at 45 or higher, which is that trade. So I sell it at 45. The risk there is that if it trades at 45 and then 44, then three, 43, then zero, you never sell your shares. So it's risk reward on that. I'm not a fan of limit orders because I don't sell two, 300 shares at a time. So really a matter of a penny here and there doesn't matter. But some people don't like to take that risk. So this would be, I agree, would be a sell stop. So let's erase all this puppy. So this would be a sell stop. I like it. Now let's try, let's do a different thing, different scenario. You're now short 100 shares at $50. So you're short 100 shares at $50, which means you borrowed the shares, you sold them, you hope they're going to go down, but you're afraid they're going to go up. So if you hope they go down, you sold them at 50, you're hoping they go down so you can buy them back at a cheaper price. So let's say we did in our math, in a little mind, we went crazy and we said, okay, I think it's going to go to 40 and I think that's a good place to buy. So I'll place a buy 100 shares of IBM at 40. That means I'm willing to buy it at 40 or lower. At 40 or lower, and I'm placing that below the market, I'm willing to buy it at 40 or lower. I will not buy it at 41. I will not buy it at 42. I will not buy it at 48. When it gets down to 40, I like that. I take my profit and I buy it. Good. So that's a buy limit. And I will buy it if it trades it. If it goes from 42 to 39, I buy it at 39. So that's a buy limit. Now, the risky part is, okay, I sell short at 50. I'm a, I want it to go down, but I'm afraid it's going to go up. And remember, when you're shorting stock, you have unlimited loss potential. It can go up to forever. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of protect myself, stop the bleeding a little bit. Again, I look at the charts and I see a resistance up at like 40, uh, say 54, 53, 53 and a half. So I say once it breaks through my resistance, I want to buy it back and stop the bleeding. So in case it goes up to 90, I get out early. So I'm going to place buy 100 IBM at 55 stop. That means as long as a stock is below 55, no one knows it's there other than you, me, and the system. But once it trades at 45, it's going to automatically trigger and become a market order and buy it on the next trade no matter what. So we'll try it again. Stock trades, stock is trading at 53, don't care. 54, don't care. 55, boom, it triggers. And the next trade is 56. So then I will buy it. So it triggers at 55 or elects at 55, and then it trades on the next trade because it becomes an automatic market order, which remember market orders means you're buying at any price. We don't really care. Price is not our issue. We just want to buy it. So that's a buy stop. Now, we put a little initials there. So we have that, right? So stop. Now, maybe I'm worried that if it goes to, if it trades at 55, maybe the next trade would be 80. So maybe what I'll do is I'll make it a stop limit. If I can type, that would be great. Okay, so there we go. I'm going to make it a stop limit, which means if it trades at 55, it's going to trigger but I will not pay more than 55. So I'll wait for it to come back down. And in this case, it went to 56 and back down to 55, I bought it. Bought it. Now remember, it can trigger, and a buy stop can trigger if the stock trades at 55 or higher. So if it went from 54 right to 59, 59 would still be the trigger price and then the next trade. Don't think that's where you buy it. Same thing on the sell side. If trades, it's gonna elect at 45 or lower. So if it went from 47 right to 43, 
43 is a trigger, and then the next trade is really solid. Okay, so I hope that helps a little bit. Now, don't go yet, because watch the magic. Wait to the end, so get rid of this. Get rid of that, get rid of this. Boom, boom, and let's say that, let's just say the stock is trading at 50 right now. Ooh, watch this. This is why I do this, slobs, sell limits and buy stops are above the market, buy limits. And there's my dog, buy limits and sell stops below the market. So that's slobs over bliss, slobs, sell limits and buy stops over buy limits and sell stops, that works. Now, one quick thing to remember, a little bonus at the end, anytime there's a stock dividend, cash dividend or stock split, only the orders below the market will be adjusted. Buy limits and sell stops will be adjusted, okay? If it's a cash dividend, dividend, wow. If it's a cash dividend, they will drop it by the amount of the dividend on the X day. If it's a stock dividend, it will drop by a percentage. Great. Hope you like with this. I hope it was quick. It wasn't too long. It was only like 10 minutes or so. Uh, 14, 10, who cares? Um, please like, subscribe, share. Come to my website if you need some help. Please reach out. Don't forget to join my lives at 32.